0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Close Screening. I'm Zach. And I'm Nicholas. So today we're going to be talking about another HBO Max slash theatrical release. Judas and the Black Messiah came out... On February, th- say Monday? Today is Monday. So the 12th? 12th. Technically, it came out Sundance February 1st. Yes. But I, for all intents and purposes, February 12th. I think it might have closed out Sundance. Oh, quote, really? Quote me if I'm wrong. Huh. I was kind of close to spending $15 and watching it. Like, That's right. You told me about weeks that. weeks ago, but... I already spent $15 on HBO Max, so it didn't really make sense. But this film stars Daniel Kaluuya. Is that how you say it? That's how I'm saying it. Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and Dominique Fishback. I think you nailed it. That's how I'm going to pronounce them. And it's directed by Shaka King. Screenplay written by... Will Brentson and Chaka King, and the story, also written by those two, and Kenneth Lucas and Keith Lucas. And of this is another one of those films that has a gajillion producers on the film. Oh, yeah. And of note of the producers. For you Black Panther fans. Yep. And Creed fans. Ryan Coogler. Our very end, Ryan Coogler. The film runs two hours and six minutes. And as we said before, it's available on HBO Max. Or, if you want to support it at a theater, $12. <laughs> there you go. I'd also just like to note, like I always do, the budget for this film was $26 million. And as of Monday, which is not <laughs> very far into the film's release, it is, uh has a box office gross of $2.5 million, Really? Which, which is pretty good. I, Already surpassed Malcolm and Murray. Yeah. <laughs> and a rough summary of the film is the story follows Bill O'Neill, a man roped into becoming an FBI informant for the the Illinois Black Panther chapter and his betrayal of the Black Panther Party leader Fred Hampton and the assassination, I should say. Mm -hmm. That led to the assassination. So, do you want to jump into the things we liked or... Let's do it. We want to talk about the broader aspects of um we we can do let's just jump straight into what we liked let's do it all right we can talk about it as a film yeah first and then we can talk about the significant meanings behind it yeah i think the best part of this film was daniel kello as fred hampton oh yeah and i've seen that he's already been nominated is going to win so many awards for best actor in a film best supporting actor but you know it kind of sucks what this film comes out in february yeah it's not eligible for any academy awards for the 2020 season yep it might get lost in the shuffle it's in that awkward time period it's it's stuck between last year and the following year for sure there's a lot of films that come out even if i mean usually this is like the dead window where you yeah push out your your bad movies yeah but, I mean obviously this year's a little different. Exactly. I mean I think there's going to be people preaching for him. Oh, I think so too. But and, and based off this film and just my I mean day after observations, I think this film won't be easily forgotten. But for sure Daniel Kalua's performance is fantastic. I mean he brings a, a power to the character Fred Hampton. So so Fred Hampton is the chairman of the Black Panther Party. Uh, the particular chapter focused in this movie is in Chicago, Illinois. And his portrayal as that, ch- as the ch- character of chairman is so strong and so powerful. Like he honestly is, it was like hypnotizing for me to watch. I was yeah. kind of like, Oh, like I want to, I want to be part of his party. And he commands like the c- attention of oh, absolutely. not only every single person that's in wherever he's speaking, but every single person watching. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he is very true to the real Fred Hampton yeah and you see a little glimpse of a of an actual speech that he had yeah you only when they see like a, five seconds of a it's funny you say that too because I, i'm a history major that's that's what i majored in and I, and so i'm somewhat familiar with fred hampton in this particular chapter of the black panther party and so i've seen fred hampton in a couple of newsreels and some of his speeches and he portrays his power and emotion really well so i'm Props to him because he nailed it for sure. You see, I my history knowledge only okay. goes as far as high school and I took a couple like history classes through the lens of film. Yeah. But I did not know who he was. I will also say, um, going off of Daniel Kaluuya's performance, I think that his significant other in the film, Dominique Fishback, as Deborah Johnson who is essentially Hampton's partner and, spoiler alert, the eventual mother of their child that they'll have together, I thought she was just as good in that role. And especially um, when it came to her, um, in one particular scene I'm thinking about where she is contemplating, um, she's trying to reconcile the idea of being a mother and raising this child in the environment of this revolutionary party the black panther party um do you know the scene i'm remembering like where she's reading out her poem yeah, no, about being no a bad bed. mother mm-hmm. to to fred in bed and man her emo- she can just turn it on and off i mean like the tears the emotion i mean it gets i mean she can make a scene real heavy and she has i mean she is just as strong and just as powerful as daniel Kalua in each of the scenes she's in too I, th- I think she steals just about every scene she's in and then we got poor Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, he's great. He was great. He's great in everything that he's in. But, I, I mean, his performance is kind of subdued because he's sort of playing two characters at the same time. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, too. But, I mean, he's great. Yeah. But he's just a little over, overshadowed by the rest of the cast. The rest of the cast. Including for me personally, I enjoy Jesse Plemons' role as Roy Mitchell, the... the um, o'neill's fbi special agent handler the dude who's essentially using him as the informant for the fbi i've loved him in breaking bad in that series and something about this role of him like using o'neill as this like manipulating him to fill this role and to sort of further his own career um he's gosh he's so it's like a subdued sinister quality to him. He just he just does it so well. I don't, it's just like his body language and his face and the way he just gives his lines. He's so good in that too. Yeah, I've only really seen him from the movie Game Night. Have you seen Yes, that? yeah, He's, sure. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was in that too. And I know I've seen him in other stuff, but I mean it's a it's a really good cast. And then oh, we it's have so good. Martin, Martin Sheen, Sheen as J. Edgar Hoover. Hoover. Yep, director of the FBI. Who was great. I mean, he was only in it for five minutes, probably had five, five minutes. Total, the entire total of the movie. But man, was he good. It's he, always he nice to see him in something. Plays a despicable man. He does, and he plays him well. Really well. The they put a lot of prosthet- prosthetics on his face. They sure did. Cause you, he's unrecognizable, but his voice is so. Oh yeah, that's yeah. It's it's so a, recognizable that you're like. Yeah, when I first heard him, I was like, "Oh, that's him!" Yeah, but he was he was so good too. You're right. This cat this was an all star cast. Everyone delivered. And I love how the the story basically revolves around self preservation versus the development and of the community. That's and a great have, way to put it. You have Fred Hampton who basically tells all of his followers that there's going to come a day when the FBI and the government are sick of him and they're going to they're gonna kill him. Yep. And he's not the revolution. He's just the spokesperson for it. That's right. And That's what even in his speeches he says. You can't kill a revolutionary, or you, know. you can't kill a revolution. You can kill a revolutionary. And then he, ha- he goes to prison for, they pin him for stealing ice cream. $70 worth of ice cream, yeah. something like that. And they get him. He's going to serve like two to four years. He gets out while his case is being reviewed. Yeah, he's appealing his charges. About halfway, three fourths of the way through the film. Yeah, yeah. He gets out of prison, and then it, the the court rejects his appeal, and he's gonna go, have to go back. Yep. And then, Mr. Hoover does not like the idea of having a very powerful and influential person going back to prison. Yep. And he compares him to a bunch of other civil rights activists like Martin Luther King that went back into prison and basically wrote books. Yeah. And in their mind radicalized the yeah. oppressed people. He definitely wants to neutralize them before he becomes a martyr for sure. So then they hatched the plan to to assassinate, assassinate him. him. But so all the Black Panthers know that he's about to go back to prison. So I've never heard of the Crowns, but yeah, honestly, no, I I hadn't either. There's a like sort of a rival African American group, political organization. political organization. That sounds like they're doing a lot of the same things that the Black Panthers are doing. Mm-hmm. But they, but they come to an agreement, and the crowns give Fred a, a bunch of money yeah. so he can leave the United States, mm-hmm. and he instead gives the money to one of his members and tells him to build a, like a health a, clinic, yeah, a clinic in yep. the city. And then I love how the like one of the next scenes you see, or it might be before that, Bill is offered a bunch of money, yeah, to basically set the stage for the assassination. Yep. And then after the assassination, he gets his own, like they give him his own gas station. Yep. That he can run. That's right. And live in the quiet eye for the rest of the film. That's right. And I just think this this film comes out at a very crucial maybe crucial is the right word time i would agree because in the last year we've seen a lot of african-americans people of color racial tensions being unjustly murdered yep and speaking of like i've never heard of fred hampton in school i was for a reference where we grew up in a semi-small town in georgia if you're not If you're a random listener and I was always taught MLK equals good. Yeah. Malcolm X bad. (laughs) Yep. Black Panther's bad. Yes. Violence bad. Yeah. And then I love that there's a lot of these new stories coming out that's showing differences and opening people's eyes to what it was actually like and why maybe violence was the only answer to what the government and establishment was given them. Yeah. That's what I love about this film is that obviously, of course, they're following this chapter's sort of actions, what they're doing for the community. For instance, they feed um, children who who don't have enough meals. It's like 3,000 kids a week. I knew that from my history classes. I don't think many people did know that. Um, I don't think many people knew that the Black Panther chapter for Illinois ended up forming this rainbow coalition that we see in the film, where it was quote unquote trashy white people, um, Mexican political activists, obviously joining up with the crowns. Um, We mentioned building the medical clinic um, throughout the entire film. That's one of their goals. Um, They're sort of assembling medical equipment, EKGs popped up in the film as well. So it was really cool to see um, the Black Panther Party, this particular chapter, again, sort of getting its due uh, what it did for the community, what it eventually, over the years, through its end until nineteen seventy eight, um, its impact in Chicago, and obviously you could extrapolate that to what other Black Panther chapters were doing across the country. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that there's now films like, like this Black Klansmen. This film really made me think about yeah, Black Klansmen taking like pretty harrowing stories and putting them on to the screen and giving a lot more people like the knowledge that this stuff happened and also it helps to know that like 1968 wasn't that long ago yeah it's really not and then there's another there's a tv show lovecraft county country have you have you heard of it hbo i've heard of it i just started watching it that's a shout out i'm on episode three but it's very uh it shows like all like the sundown towns and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm and as a as a white male straight white male sometimes it's very hard to watch this kind of stuff on screen and films like the ending of this film really it's hard to watch yeah it is because you know for a fact that none of these guys involved the police officers got any sort of repercussion for just killing an unarmed man while yeah he was so I'll, drugged out and yeah his, i was about to say kind of where it By the time the film was ending, um, one of the uh, Black Panther Party member, uh, his name was Jimmy Palmer, who uh, was portrayed by, let's see, do I have that? If I don't, I apologize. Jade from Moonlight. That's right. Yeah, he was. (laughs) He was. He sure was. Ashton Sanders. Um, He was hospitalized after being shot by a police officer and was killed uh because he was while well, he was being transferred to another hospital he was killed um, implied that to police murdered him or just let him die exactly um so as a result of this um when they eventually the black panther party finds out about jimmy's death there's another member Jake Winters who's portrayed by Algie Smith um Jake Winters essentially Takes vengeance, engages in a shootout with the police, and he kills several officers before being gunned down himself. Um, and there's a scene with that follows right after, with Jake Winter's mom. So the guy who just killed those police officers. So his mother's having a conversation with Fred Hampton, Daniel Kaluuya, and that scene was it was so tragic and basically. It, it was talking about the legacy. It, it, to me, it was kind of like a, one of the major themes of the film. It was kind of like a, a meta commentary on just the larger Black Panther Party in its history, just in general. Uh, the mother was talking about, you know, we th- those people don't know what Jake Winters was really like. This, this moment can't be his legacy. You know, there were, he's so much better than that. And I thought that that was a real microcosm of yeah. the larger themes of the film and what they were trying to portray. And he's now this one act defines his entire existence exactly and i mean and it's even harping back on the events that's happened in the last year because every time one of these police shootings happens the the headlines read blank blank had a weed charge in 1984 yeah and that's what gets plastered on the wall sort of dehumanizing them exactly exactly The other thing I'll say about it too was it was so disheartening to see the entire film, Fred Hampton's message and the black Panthers party messages, obviously to sort of free, free yourselves from the chain of capitalism, from the oppression of the white man, from the master, from the slave. And it was so disheartening just to see it play out. Like we know it does in real life, whether it was back in the sixties or whether it's today, how, um, jesse plemmons roy mitchell the the fbi operative is using o'neill as this informant to sort of undermine that and o'neill himself is not free he's being used and manipulated by uh, roy palmer the fbi agent he's blackmailing him in several cases during the film where he o'neill wants out like two or three times during the film and he won't let him so it's like this thing where you can't be free from the man you can't these sort of institutions and this sort of Master over slave will never truly go away, and that's something that obviously throughout the entire film, Fred Hampton and is and his party is trying to trying to break through, break free of. Yeah, and I mean this is where that theme of like self preservation comes back in, because it, it's obvious that Bill is sympathetic to the Black Panthers message, but at the end of the day, oh yeah, when it comes down to it, he's going to take. Not having to go to prison. Yeah, he's gonna do what's best for him. Because earlier in the in the beginning, of the opening scene of the film, he impersonates a FBI officer. Yeah. to try to steal a car that's from right. other people, and he's facing three to four years in prison. And that's when the FBI uses this as a way to get in to the Black Panthers and learn mm-hmm. about what's going on. Yep, so it sets the stage. That's why I I just love the name of the film. Yeah, because. I mean, Fred is, he's almost portrayed as a Jesus-like figure. Yeah. Every time he's in one of his speech, I noticed a lot of, he's being shot from below, mm-hmm. making him seem larger than life. That's a great observation. And You're then, right. And then the wide shots of the crowds. Yeah. And then you have good old Bill. Yeah. Who at the end of the film, he's very conflicted on. He is. I was about to say, because, uh, you know, throughout the film, you're thinking to yourself like, man, like you're not really sympathetic toward Bill at all. But as the film goes on, you know, you, you do find yourself sympathetic, not only because of his situation. He's kind of stuck between the rock and the hard place, but because, you know, he has become a Black Panther in his heart. He sort of recognizes and sort of believes these things himself. And then he's tasked with spiking Fred's drink. Mm hmm. Giving him a sedative. Yes. So when the, I guess the undercover officers Mm -hmm. come in and raid the house, he can't fight back. Yep. And they end up shooting him while he was passed out. Yeah. Yes. And then he goes back to see Roy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Roy offers... That's where he gives him the money and the pair of keys. Some money and some keys to own his own gas station. station. Yeah. But then it almost seems like he's addicted to this because later it po- the, the text pops up that he b- stayed as an informant for another. Hum- yeah. Cause I, I have it right here. The, the, the title cards state that O'Neill continued to work as an informant within the Black Panther party during the 1970s, earning the equivalent of $200,000 in today's money um, before he eventually committed suicide, January 15th, 1990, the same day his interview was aired. Um, which was an interview O'Neill gave in 1989 about all the things that took place. Yeah. That was very interesting. Yeah. I I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. That was, that was very interesting. But this film was definitely the best film I've seen. That's came out this year. Oh, agreed. Uh, And no fault of its own. I just, the, did you think the film was too long? Like mm. I think every scene was like no, I, necessary but I thought it's it a good run time. Okay. I, I thought it was slightly too long, but I there's nothing in my head that like I'd cut out. I don't know, maybe I just need to get over that. Not <laughs> have to rewatch it to figure out what I mean, you could always go back and as a you're not an artist, you could always say this scene's not needed, this scene's not needed. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think every scene was, and the last was necessary. Th- I also liked how cuz I know I think a lot of people that want to reject the message of this film. We'll just point out that they're just killing cops. Mhm. But like I think the film portrays the Black Panthers not they're not always blameless in this violence. Right. There's several scenes where unprompted they just go and start shooting cops. Yeah. Agreed. And I I hope that if you watch the film you're not taking the wrong messages away. Yeah, I hope not either. Yeah was there was there anything bad you had to say about the film was there anything that, mm. I, that this isn't this is anything bad but I did just want to point out that um it's interesting cuz you wouldn't think it just because of the the ages of the actors and actresses portrayed but these were really young individuals uh who were doing this like uh, in real life um Fred Hampton was 21 years old and I believe O'Neal was just 17 maybe 18 so wow. these were really young individuals um that were committing these actions and sort of fighting for the cause. So I just wanted to throw that out there, but is there anything bad that you much that I, there's not anything bad I have to say about it. No. Yeah. It. There's anything that, cause like I said, I, I, I really couldn't think of anything besides, like I said, in my head, it was just slightly too long, but I couldn't pinpoint exactly why I thought that was, or I didn't think it was slow. I mean, there was a, there was certainly an air of tension. I mean, from the very beginning to the end that sort of held me and didn't let me go. Yeah. I guess since I really I didn't know anything about him, I didn't know that he was destined to die. I assumed that he was gonna die just based on Yeah. I'd never heard about him and Right. If he was so young he probably would have gone on to do something. Yeah. Else if he was still alive. Exactly. Um, I don't think there's there's nothing really that all Yeah. I mean the film there's it's not like a very autorist film. There's nothing <laughs> no. like the film isn't trying to be flashy. It's trying to tell this exactly. story that probably a lot of people have never heard of. No, I exactly. I doubt many people have heard of this story. And I'll give it credit. It does. It makes you think, you reflect for a while after the the credits roll. Yeah. That excited, that's that's what I told my roommate too. When it was all said and done, I said it. This makes you think. Just just in general it makes you think about a lot of things. So, I I would give it Eight and a half, nine out of ten. I that, think I gave it like an eight point four, I think. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. Hard to say anything bad about it. No. All star cast. Especially when the performances were just so good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean as a bio by excuse me, as a biographical drama film, I mean you can't get any better than this. I mean, based off real life events, all star cast screenplay was fantastic. I, I I can't complain. There's nothing I can think of that's weighs it down for me and it's funny because daniel is british and he's pulling off this accent yeah exactly i, d- I did know that too which is really interesting um because and he's the funny thing is he's only been in a certain number of films like obviously he's in black panther he was in get out what what other like major films has he starred in i know he's done a couple little things but i don't think his uh, bibliography is really extensive queen and slim i know he was in that a couple yeah that's right He's still he's still up and coming. He yeah. was in an episode of Black Mirror. Oh right really? Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Well he's like I said, he's fantastic and he'll win several awards, I'm almost sure of it. Widows, Sicario. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, that's about it. All right. He was in a TV miniseries. Kick ass two. <laughs> I didn't know that. I saw those films forever ago. He played Black Death. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, for all you listeners out there, I definitely encourage you to see it. Um, it's going to be a little bit heavy. It's going to make you think, but it's a fantastic film with a fantastic message, fantastic themes, and a fantastic cast. And I, to me, that's all you need. So Can't ask I mean, for anything better than that. And it's historically accurate, I think. Extremely. Extremely. And critics are seem to be... Loving it's got a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. Great, uh, 89 on Metacritic, 7.9 on IMDb. But hmm. I don't really. Yeah, no. I mean, those those are very good scores across the board generally. A lot of people go on IMDb and just uh, yeah, review bomb, review bomb because they open up their reviews like a week, sometimes a week before the film even comes out. Really, I didn't know that. Uh, they might have turned it off, but like for like Star Wars or something, the latest Star Wars movie, they had the reviews on, so people were already review bombing it, one out of 10 stars. It, mi- it might not have been Star Wars, it was one of those, uh. some crazy, crazy thing where the, they had to turn reviews off because it was at like a... before the movie even came out that's so dumb why would they do that anyway we digress Um, yeah that's Judas and the Black Messiah it's gonna be on HBO Max so if you don't have HBO Max already I don't know what you're doing get on it we've already told you to get it we told you to get it it's worth it they've got great stuff otherwise go to your local movie theater be safe and go watch it Um, in closing follow our Twitter we'll we'll say it at the end of every episode give us a like give us a follow at Closed screening at closed screening capital C, capital S. Um, in the coming episodes, will be Nomad Lands coming out, Nomad Land, Min- Minaris in theaters, Minaris in theaters. Now, didn't get a chance to see it, but hopefully, who knows, we might even tackle the Snyder Cut of We Might Justice League. I would love to tackle the Snyder Cut of Justice League, I would absolutely love to do that. Um, and after that. We got two new releases, and that's now we're getting into the window where a lot of the movies that were supposed to be coming out are now being pushed pushed back. back. Yep. Dun dun dun. So after those two movies, I think we'll we'll take a trip down memory lane and discuss some some oldies that some flashback cinema for you folks out there. Some flashback cinema. There you go. All right. Anything else needs to be said? Nope. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicholas. And I'm Zach.